0: Welcome to Problem Busters. So, Jonathan, what's the plan for today? Oh,
1: thank you very much, Ollie. Uh, the plan today, we have what we like to call a problem buster. We have Eddie Fennick, who is here to uh, give us a run-through of the problem that he's found, you know, managing carbon emissions and the environment, and his solution aptly titled clean new world is a paper on how to address it so i'll introduce him now eddie how are you
2: very well thank you good evening gents how are you good thank
1: you very much welcome to the show welcome to problem busters
2: so let's begin shall we start with the problem yeah what is the problem Um, um it's a good it's gonna sound a bit preposterous the problem is climate change right um Arguably, probably the biggest problem we face as a species, probably over the next 50, 100 years. Some people say a a lot, a lot less, possibly the next ten or fifteen years. And that's the problem I try to address in, in this paper. Um. Some things I might, I may say some things that are rather controversial, and I hope I don't hurt anyone. But I promise just to be as honest as I can. Right. Um. Uh, the issue of climate change, irrespective of whether pe- people believe it or not, we need to we need to tr- we need to treat it as a problem, right? Um, and a problem requires a solution. And I think a lot of the furore around climate change is about creating noise. And I'm not saying noise isn't required. Um, and there's a lot of noise around it. Um, some of it is effective, but noise alone will not solve the problem. Yeah. So the problem I'm seeking. To, to address is a solution a solution to this problem a solution i believe is um workable um and that's probably quite a generic word in itself but a solution that can actually tackle this over i would say the next 10 to 20 years because it is a sort of it is an urgency but i don't see any quick solutions um but i believe this is a solution that can actually address the problem over say the next decade or two
1: yeah. So, how did you come to the realization that uh, of um, of of actually classifying your solution as workable? What were the parameters that you said, okay, this is a workable solution for climate change, as opposed to other solutions that are out there that may not want to, that that may not seem um, suitable? In okay. Your
2: I, I I think I think I'll start that by addressing what I call the the never-ending blame game. Right. Um, when it comes to climate <laughs> change, um, it always tends to be a circular blaming game, right? You have citizens who blame the governments for doing nothing or doing too little. You have governments saying, oh, it's not our problem. It's, the problem is business. Business is global. We can't really do anything about what big companies do outside their own jurisdictions. Then we have businesses saying, oh, we're only producing stuff because consumers want to buy it. What should we do? And then you have NGOs who basically blame everyone else. Um, And what I wanted to devise was a solution that I call a partnership solution, right? It's not somebody's gonna take the the, the hit. It's how do we create something that governments, citizens, uh, businesses can work together, and that sounds a bit cliche, but you'll probably come clear as I talk more. How can we have a solution that involves the three of them, right, The the the, the three facets of this problem? Consumers who are consuming products and by consuming products and services are directly contributing towards um, carbon emissions. Um, producers who produce the products or services and governments who are expected to, within within frameworks, um, deal with the issue. Um, and that's 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 kind of the pro- how I wanted to work around the problem rather than okay, who which of the three are we going to blame most, or somebody has to do anything? Could there be a solution that? Involves the three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a few things that are, are gonna be um, probably a bit controversial. Right, um, we're, we're living in a world where, rather than accept that you 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 have some responsibility for a problem. Um, it's much more convenient to, to just to blame the next person um, or to send it
0: away. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, recently I saw I saw a statistic that said the world's top ten global corporations are responsible for fifty percent of the emissions. Now that may that's a statistic, right? But it doesn't really mean anything. Um, ultimately, if you look at if you strip yourself of the emotive stuff around around climate change and around um, pollution of the environment. It's ultimately all consumer-driven, right? No yeah. company on earth produces products to put on a shelf. They produce products for people to buy. right? People will argue, yeah, of course, corporations have responsibilities to produce uh, in, a, in a, as much an environmental-friendly method as possible. But ultimately, big corporations, and let's just not mention anyone, because I don't really want to turn this into, you know, let's bash a large corporation just for the fun of it. Ultimately, they produce stuff because we want to buy. Right. classic
0: example so, being electric cars right as people yeah. started to want them um, all of the car companies started to produce them
2: yeah um, and uh, the solution I, I put together puts the consumer at the forefront in terms of responsibility but also in terms of equipping them to be able to to, to deal with the problem and work within the solution
0: right and can we just touch on your background? because folks will be starting to think Ooh, okay. he's talking quite economically, he's talking quite practically. What, what, uh, what is your background? So, mi-
2: mini, mini bio, right? I'm a 49-year-old ma- male. I'll turn 50 in the s- on the 3rd of April next year. Um, I was born on the uh, little island of Malta. Um, I moved to the United Kingdom just over 12 years ago with my wife, Suzanne, uh, who's a music teacher, I have two other children who are aged twenty three and twenty two who live outside the nest at this point. um My education background is um I studied accounting and finance, and I spent a big part of my life um being what the Americans would mm, quite adequately term a bean counter, right a boring old um accountant okay but I've always had a very deep interest in in politics and political solutions. Um, If I had to start my life again, I'd probably go to university and study PPE. That's for my sins. Um, But that's my background. I'm no eco-warrior. I don't have some massive um, environmental credentials. For my sins, about 16-17 years ago, I was involved with the Maltese Green Party. I was their economic spokesman for, for four years. And then move to England after that and I live a very kind of normal life I'm not heavily politically involved even though I listen and read and uh, follow politics quite actively and um, that's my background so um, I don't come with with mega qualifications around the subject but I think I come with um, probably a novel fresh approach to it um, and in some ways, it's an accounting solutions for climate change, which, which sounds really, really boring, but I promise you it's not.
0: Well, I don't know about that, because that's practical, and that's yep. what really interests me about this conversation, right, Jonathan? Because you kind of expect Eddie to be talking about tying himself to trees and yeah. um, his, de- his degree in um, plankton, and you know?
2: That, that's never really been me, and I have the utmost respect for people who do that. Um, in in, uh, in in biblical terms, and I'm not a religious person, but I'm going to pick on a biblical analogy, right? Um, in in order to create Christianity, you needed three main actors. You needed John the Baptist screaming in the desert. You eventually needed the Messiah. But the most important person was the person who came after, which was St. Paul, who actually built the religion using practicalities and using political political systems. And I think we're still kind of at the first and second person stage of that. Um, and I think what we do need is someone who actually now, now says, "Okay, we've we have the awareness." Because we, at least in the West, we have a lot of environmental awareness. I mean, I know for my kids, um, who kind of grew up in this in this aware attitude, their consciousness is pretty high around the issue. But somebody's got to, somebody. I mean, people have to um, come forward with solutions that are implementable, practical, and most important, saleable at the individual level.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think um, when you say that we're we're more uh, aware about the environment um like now I I believe so because I'm a, I was around where when I was really young we didn't have things like a recyclable wheelie bin. I know it sounds really small, but it's just those type of things that kind of r- sort of raise awareness where you think, "Oh, okay, so Previously, before this, there wasn't really much spitting or recycling of anything. It was all just ended up in, in landfill, if that makes sense. So um so yeah, I think I think we are quite aware and, and using that awareness um in this way is, is just
0: fantastic. Yeah. Do you think we've kept them waiting long enough, Eddie? Do you yeah. think we should talk about the, the let's idea? Th-
2: let's th- let's deal with the problem here. Yeah? Sure. So um Okay, it's again. It's going to be controversial. I have a market mechanism, a market-based solution for the problem, right? Which sounds really controversial because um, people in the green movement, environmental movement, the second you talk about market, it's like talking about Satan, right? However, the solution is market-based, um, and I'm not, I'm not um, blending capitalism into into the solution. I'll, I'll explain, right? Um, I've termed my my solution a a we introduce, okay, I'll, I'll try and give you the elevator pitch. It's a little bit difficult, but the elevator pitch is this, okay? We introduce a shadow currency, right? At the moment, we all have one currency we deal with. In the UK, it's mainly pound sterling, okay? We introduce a second currency, what I call a shadow car- currency. Just for marketing purposes, I've given the shadow currency a name, okay? So we can talk about it. That name is Carbs. It's C-A-R-B-Z, right? Just to have a a, a name to work around that, okay? Now, this currency... Is not earned, you don't go to the job and earn this currency. This currency is allocated, so your country, your jurisdiction, on an annual basis allocates each citizen a fixed amount of this currency, a fixed amount of carbs. I'm notionally going to say 48,000 carbs a year per person, right? Just to make it simple, it's 4,000 carbs per person per month, right? Now, what would you use this currency for? This doesn't replace sterling it doesn't place dollars it doesn't place euro it's in addition to however you will need to expend this currency so you will spend this currency every time and I literally mean every time you consume any product or any service okay So anytime you consume a product or service, you're now going to have to pay in two currencies. You're going to have to pay in the currency you normally operate in, that will be pound sterling, right? So this is the money you you earn through your your, your job or through your profession. And you're also going to have to expend the carbs, the currency your government gives you on an annual basis. Okay, so let's talk practical level, right? How would how would this, this work? Let me. I'm going to try and illustrate how this, this would work. Um, let's say, let's make it really simple. The first example would be me, Edward. I go and fill up my car, okay? And I've, I put into it uh, 30, 40 pounds of fuel. But when I go to the cash to pay for this fuel, the person on the other side of the cash is going to ask me to pay in two ways, okay? I'm going to have my credit, my card, which contains my... Uh, the money I have or have entitled to in pound sterling. And I'm also going to have a smart card, which is given to me by my government, which has the 48,000 carbs loaded onto it. So that when I pay for the fuel to develop my car, I'm going to pay two amounts. I'm going to pay the amount in pounds, and I'm going to pay an amount of carbs. So I start reducing the, va- the amount of carbs I have available. So I start the year with 48,000. Okay, and when I fill up my car, they're going to say charge me 130 carbs. So I pay for my fuel, I walk out of the the store, get into my car, and drive away. Okay, just to create a simple, simple example that probably everybody listening to this can can follow. But this won't only apply for filling up my car; it will apply literally for all forms of consumption I do. So um, it could apply to filling up my car. It could apply for me booking airline tickets, it could apply for me booking holiday accommodation, it will apply for me um, heating my home, it will apply to me buying food, it will apply buying drink, it will apply literally at the end of the um, of course, this will take quite a while to implement, but it will even apply when I go and get a haircut, right? Every consumption of product or service needs to needs to have a price in carbs, and carbs will be basically the the quantity of carbon the production the consumption sorry the production of the product or services generated that i am then choosing to consume okay, i don't know whether that's sort of that's a sort of long-winded elevator pitch but i hope i hope that that clarifies what the the, the solution in outline at least is um now i can talk I can talk a lot around this but I, the things i really want to focus on is this i'm i'm the solution is not is not saying, look, um, we're all going to have to reduce our consumption like down to like 1950s level, because I think when you tell people that, and I think the environmental movement is a little bit guilty over here, um, and I have a lot of criticism, although a lot of respect for them, because I know how hard it is. To, uh, many people give up their life, give up their quality of life to be able to to to, to do this. But telling people that we're going to have to reduce our, li- our lifestyles down to 1950s or telling people that the, you know, we've got 11 years left, okay, I think is going to be counterproductive. I think it's counterproductive. And I'm going to be really practical here. Um, if we tell people that there's 11 years left, everybody's going to go out and be more irresponsible. Because, frankly, if you have 11 years left, you're just going to party, right, for the next 11 years.
0: Mm, I that's can't quite disempowering, isn't it? Yes. Mm.
2: If you tell if you tell people, look, basically the world as we know it is finished in eleven years. Um, it's basically like telling somebody, look, you won a lottery ticket, and but you're going to die in the next three months. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out and spend it. I don't think that's going to create the 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 consciousness and the drive to change habit. So how will we solve? Because I haven't actually explained how we're going to solve the environmental problem, right? The way we're going to do that is by depreciating the currency. So
0: and there is e- the accounting angle, Jonathan.
2: Yeah, there's, yeah. There's <laughs> no, we were
1: waiting the, the, for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. You guys are probably familiar with the boiling frog theorem, right? There's this theorem. It's actually not scientifically proven, but I'm just going to use it to 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 illustrate. There's I'm a theorem glad it's not
0: scientifically proven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because somebody would have to kill a poor frog, right? So there's a theorem that says if you throw a frog into a into a, a bowl of uh, very hot water, the frog's going to basically jump out and save itself. While you put it in a in a bowl of tepid water and heat the water to boiling point, the frog will stand there and die. It's actually not true, but I just want to use that as as a, as a way of, of describing this. What I want to do with the solution is introduce what I call the cool, cooling frog concept, right? You kind of reverse that on its head, that over a period of years, we can gradually reduce our carbon emissions quantifiably by a, I wouldn't say fixed amount, but by a regular amount every year. So just to amplify even year one, we're starting with 48,000 carbs each in the next year, the government will give us say 46 and then 42 and then 38 and hopefully all the way down. I mean, if we follow what the environmental movement says, if we come down to 60, 55%, 60, we're actually there, right? Um, Now, the better, the good thing about the solution is that we're not asking anybody to make a massive switch, right? When you tell people, okay, you're all going to have to become tomorrow vegetarian, you're going to stop driving, you're going to stop flying, and stop buying rubbish on Amazon. That's the only company I'm going to mention. <laughs> okay? Okay. Um, it's completely unrealistic to think that you know a mass of the Western population, let alone the problems we have in the less part developed world right where where the problems are enormous to even suggest something like this um nobody's gonna do it i mean it, we, you, people have to admit that nobody apart from these truly converted which is probably less than three percent of of the world is actually gonna make any moves in that direction. But what if we told everybody that we are going to give you a mechanism to reduce your carbon, your responsibility for carbon emissions, say by 4% a year, okay? And we're going to do this by equipping you with this currency and reducing the amount of that currency we give you every year, say by 4%. Now, um, people may say, oh my God, that's a kind of 4%, I can probably deal with it. But the good news over here is that once you introduce this mechanism, the business community, right? so the second leg in this tripod, all of a sudden have a really compelling reason and a compelling um, motivation to reduce the amount of carbon that they're produ- using in their production processes. Ah, Why? So
0: you go and buy tomatoes and you see yeah. a label that says lower carbon yep. and you think, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's quite interesting.
1: is quite interesting as well because... I'm imagining as you start to reduce the amount of carbs available, people will start to move towards businesses that that one generate less. But also, as a byproduct of that, you will start exposing businesses that actually have very heavy carbon footprints as well.
2: I, so. I would say I would say that they will go. Ex- they they will become the dinosaurs. They will be the ones going mm-hmm. extinct. Right. Yeah. Um. You. Think Oliver mentioned the, the the tomato. That's interesting. Food will actually have three labels now. Okay, it's going to have a price in pounds. It's going to have a calorific content, and it also have a carbs content. Okay, so every product mm. on earth will have two prices. We'll have the price in in pounds or dollars or whatever currency that that consumers is spending the money in, and it will have a price in carbs. So I can already when- see
0: the marketing campaign. Um, there's the the price you pay and what it costs. Yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> <laughs> um and once once you start so this is the the idea of the cooling frog. Once you start reducing people's allocation of this currency, so this currency is an extinguishable currency, right? In an ideal world, this currency will come down to zero because nothing we produce. We're, nothing we consume will, ev- will produce any carbon emissions, right? So, so that's the, the beautiful end state. But we don't even have to worry about that because nobody's actually asking for that. Not even the most ardent of, not even Greta Thunberg is asking for that, okay? If I can, if I can y- y- use her in this podcast. What we have to do is reduce them enough to keep, to keep the emissions down to below 3%. And, and you guys probably know, know all about that. Um, but once you reduce the currency, then there's less of this currency going around, which means that the people producing the goods or the services have a a a big reason it's not just corporate social responsibility bullshit if you understand what i'm talking about right they have a commercial imperative to reduce the amount of carbon in whatever they produce be that cars or mobile phones or stationary products you guys know how what a big fan of those i am um or anything else you buy, they're really going to have to get off their proverbial ass and do something about it. The job of government, then, is to use the concept of the Green New Deal to finance the businesses that want to make that efficiency gain. And that's how the tripod fundamentally stands, right? You have consumers who buy into the system, but know that the business is going to make the effort to reduce the amount of carbon in the products. Okay. And government is going to be there, one, to regulate the system, because of course, uh, all systems are subject to fraud and everything else. But more important, to provide the public funding for producers who now, it's not just wanting, now really just have to um, reduce the carbon carbon, um, content of the products and services they provide. Now, so that's actually the bo- that's actually the boring stuff of my solution. Sorry, I, I think there was a question, Jonathan. I don't know. Wanna...
1: Oh yeah. yeah, So I was just wondering because you were saying about reducing the the amount of carbs created. Are, are we able to generate carbs? Is, is that okay. is that an option if the you, government's you, restricting them?
2: It's actually a li- it's actually a li- little bit even better than that. There's a number of things you c- you can do, right? Um, i I'm, I'm gonna try and build a picture, right? You, you you are given 48,000 carbs a year. If you are Mr. Eco-Warrior, so you live because you choose to, or maybe because because you're compelled to, you don't drive, you use public transport, you travel maybe once a year, um, you're a vegetarian, so you actually, um, into, we all know, or maybe we don't all know how much carbon and pollution is involved in, in eating animals rather than plants. We'll come to that maybe in another day. Um, because you're an Eco-Warrior, Okay, you will not need your 48,000 carbs a year. Now, because you don't need your 48,000 carbs a year, you are going to be free to sell your extra carbs to the person who wants to buy his expensive car, wants to go on expensive holidays and all that, right? So we create a trading mechanism around the carbs at an individual Uh. level. So that if um, Alex the eco warrior I call him in the document, this person is knows that he's not gonna come anywhere close to forty-eight thousand. He's probably gonna need twenty-six thousand. Any point in the year, he can sell one, two, a thousand, five thousand carbs, literally on a public exchange, okay, and he will sell these for hard cash. So the person who wants to continue living the way he is and perhaps go on even more flights and is probably gonna need to consume seventy thousand carbs can only acquire extra carbs if he buys them off the people who are willing to sell them to him. This is where we sort of blend the market mechanism into environmental problems. I can is...
0: imagine walking into a Mercedes dealership, and that's not something that I'm ever likely to do in my life, but I can imagine <laughs> somebody walking into a Mercedes dealership and, uh, and the Mercedes dealership offsetting the price and saying, we'll, we'll pay for your extra carbs up to... 10,000 um, or whatever it might businesses,
2: be. Businesses cannot trade in carbs. Ah. <laughs> ah. Can they give you discounts can... for carbs? No. Businesses oh. cannot cannot mess around. The... the only obligation for business is to label the products with the right amount of carbs, which obviously will have to be audited independently. Um, but businesses cannot meddle around in carbs. What The only thing that businesses can do is make the production processes more efficient. Okay, And business will also be enabled to create schemes this is another facet of the currency so that consumers can actually create carbs so how do i from 48,000, create more carbs i can how, how do i acquire more carbs there are essentially two ways i can buy carbs from anybody wanting to sell them okay or else i can invest my hard cash into schemes okay that will enable the uh, offsetting of carbon
0: so ah, if this is a good idea. So that that means that investing in renewables, say through your pension, becomes yeah. an avenue.
2: Cash and carbs. Okay. So if let's make this really simple, right? Um, so if there's a company that's saying, "Oh, we we are planting trees across I don't know the, the the Scottish Highlands," right? And this is I'm being simplistic here, but on purpose so people can can understand where I'm coming from. Um, and this, this company will plant trees, and it is science, obviously, there has to be some science around this, that planting trees is going is to result in more carbon capture because of, because of the nature of, of that process. And if you invest your money, you put money into this scheme, okay, for your money, you'll also be able to increase your amount of carbs, if you, if you so want. Okay, so there are many things that are going to happen around the carbs. You can sell them, you can buy them. Um, you can create them by investing in, in environmental schemes. What you can't do is just consume as much as you want. What we're taking away is, so let's, the richest guy on earth can on day one only consume as much as me, right? So the system is perfectly progressive. It's perfectly equitable, right? What do you mean so, by
0: that? I don't, I don't quite understand. Do I so let's, right? let's so, just say I've got 5 billion in the bank. Yep.
2: Yeah. You can you're still going to get forty-eight thousand carbs at the beginning of the year and that's all you can consume you want to consume more you're going to have to find the little joe who wants to sell them to you i see now uh. you don't have to go knocking on somebody's door okay we create an open public exchange where carbs get traded okay you're not gonna to have to knock on your neighbors door and say can you sell me some carbs we basically create a, a a public exchange where at any point in time i can log into my account and see whether there are any carbs available for me to buy Completely market driven, right? Completely what happens
0: when the marketplace runs dry, or do you not see that being a possibility?
2: Um, good question. Um, the the difficulty on this, or rather, the challenge rather, the difficulty is that we can we won't be able to continue just consuming blindly, right? You're gonna have to sort of keep tabs on your carbs, like you keep, like you expect people to keep tabs on how much pounds they have in their bank account, they're also gonna have to keep. Account, they're going to have to keep. They're going to be uh, need to be aware of the amount of carbs they still have available to consume for the rest of, say, the financial year. Okay. Um, sorry, your your question was when we run out of carbs.
0: Mm. Yeah. So just just imagine that that you know, um, Mr. Smith, who who has five billion in the bank, um, decides that that he wants to buy a billion carbs. Oh, and, I, I, and there I is I, only a million. I see I see, I see
2: I see what you mean there, there has to be okay, there has to be some control. the system has to provide has to avoid pure speculation right So there has to be a top level. You, uh, I can't just grab, because I'm grab money and buy myself half a million carbs right There has to be a ceiling on how many you can buy. There has to be some ceiling. you need you will buy them to consume them, not buy them to sell them off at a profit.
1: Yeah. Ah, So how do governments decide how many carbs to allocate to their populace? Because if you think about um, if I have if my population is made up of this is probably very imaginative, um, 50% billionaires, then how am I? How am I supposed to um, decide how much do you guys consume in a year? And what is appropriate for, for my population?
2: Okay so this introduces a much wider problem which is how do you how, how do you regulate this how do you inter, how do you manage it at a global level right so oh, yeah. um and these are these are serious problems i mean i don't have all the solutions in my paper if i had i probably be i wouldn't be on a, on a podcast i'd probably be working in the united nations or something like that but it this has to stem from some glo, at a global level the amount of carbs has to be allocated first among perhaps regions, and then perhaps amongst countries, and then um, the countries allocate them individually. So it's a simple division by. So if Britain gets the right to, I don't know, 65 billion carbs, it's a simple division by 66 million people. Okay, everybody in the United Kingdom will get the same amount that's what i mean by equitable so the poorest the, the guy living in the street or the richest guy in the united kingdom get 48000 carbs so that has a um, really
0: interesting connotation in terms of if you think of the the guy living on the street or the woman living on the street as, as has sadly been the case um since covid i've noticed um if they did come into 48000 um carbs that gives them, in a way, a form of um, of living wage, right? That they can that they can trade because they are not consuming um, a fraction of certain other people. I exactly.
2: Like that. Um, I'm I'm a, not for today, but I'm a big big fan of UBI, as you you probably know. And I think this is probably a UBI a universal basic income. Yes. Um, this is probably the backdoor approach to to getting to UBI. Right. I would say.
0: Right. Yeah, makes sense.
2: Um, but it's perfectly progressive in that we start January the 1st, we all start from 48,000. That's the amount everybody gets. And if the guy down the road wants to change his car and buy a big, 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 expensive, polluting car, he's got to come into the market and buy the carbs. But it doesn't really matter because, from a global level, the only thing that counts is the total amount of carbon emitted into the atmosphere, right? who emits that carbon is largely irrelevant. It's actually completely irrelevant, right? So if I decide, look, I'm going to give up my driving because the sucker down the road wants to buy 6,000 carbs a year off me, you know, I'm going to cash in on that. And I can spend my money on buying my less carbon-intensive services. Because that's the... what, What does good look like? Good is a world where we are less hooked on buying rubbish, okay, which we put in our drawers and in our offices and look for a bit use a bit and never use again we switch away from what i call carbon intensive products to less intensive services right that's the world i think we should be aiming to live in not that we sit in our cave and not go out because the world's coming to an end in 11 years right um if I've, I, I, I want to imagine a world where my children because this is for my kids right i'm going to be too old to see this anyway by that i want to live where my kids are spending their hard-earned income on buying the services and the experiences that enrich their life, and enrich their minds, rather than just buying rubbish that gets delivered to your door every second day.
1: Yeah. 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 Is there any sort of oversight? Are there any sort of, um, a, a, are there going to be large um, in the solution, that any entities that, that sort of manage and regulate a lot of this? I know you mentioned it earlier yeah, with regards it, it, to auditing and stuff. But with the currency, it, I'd imagine would banks...
2: It, so, so, the... the uh, it, if i can take a step back the,
1: mm.
2: i'm, I'm going to ask the question myself first of all how do you calculate the carbs in each product right so this f- this has to happen through the supply chain so if you're making a complex product let's let's say you're making a product that requires five components right i'm really simplifying right well, you make a widget that requires five components down in the supply chain everyone downstream in the supply chain needs to tell you how much carbon contact content their component has so then when i grab the five components and make my product i just very simply sum total the amount of carbon in the five components right so it's built on a it's almost like a vat system that's probably not going to be helpful for most of our listeners right but it but if it it's costed if the components required to make my product okay come with 200 carbs right so everybody producing the components to make my product needs to tell me how much each of that that component has in carbs how much and carbon we know is this be- is
0: actually happening today in terms of co2 emissions because people like heineken are tracking it right which exactly. causes them to say to the glass industry we need you to be carbon neutral because you are the only part of our supply chain as i understand it that is, that is- yet to evolve
2: yeah. right that is that, that that is it. So you, it's basically a new nucle- an accumulation system, right? That would start literally from the from from the from the raw materials, the stuff we take out of the earth, because ultimately everything we have around us comes from the earth. It doesn't come from anywhere else as far as I'm concerned. So the supply chain literally at the lower end comes from um, a lot of the oil industry where we produce our plastics, um, perhaps wood. And, of course, the big, big, big one is, of course, food and drink. Because food and drink will not be, it will not be exempt on this. Some items will be exempt, right? You're definitely going to exempt things like, I don't know, wa- water, right? Or some sort of mm-hmm. grains, which, which are, are substance foods. But when it comes to richer foods and especially meat products, the carbon content of meat is is tremendous. I mean, most people don't yeah. actually realize until you read about it
1: that's quite interesting because i'm sure bottled water or something that has a footprint in it as well oh yeah absolutely
2: absolutely so so when you open the tap in your in your in your kitchen to drink a glass of water that's going to essentially be carbs free right yeah but when you go down to this the store and buy yourself a bottle of water in a plastic bottle that's not going to be carbs free okay and 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 think think about think about the thought processes you're gonna have around that. It's not oh, it just costs a pound, and I'm gonna buy it because I don't care. It's gonna be it cost a pound, and it also costs 14 carbs. Okay, and in back of my mind, my carbs 48,000 is fixed. I can't just like make it increase. By the way, you can't it, it, borrow to create carbs. Uh, no, that's it, a really good yeah.
0: idea. So there's no credit.
2: No, there's no credit. The credit system lives lives outside of it.
0: Okay, I tell you what, Jonathan, it, uh, it gives new meaning to the idea low-carb diet or low-carb lifestyle. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, so, let's, so you've got this idea, Eddie, you've written it down, um, you've given it some time, um, bless your family for giving you that time to do so. Um, what happens next? What, what is the journey of trying to get this idea out there and, and how can you reflect on that for other people who might have similar good ideas?
2: this is the nature of me as a person right um and i have to be careful how to say this because i'm gonna sound preposterous i tend to be the ideas guy rather than the person to grab an idea and go and you know make it into something really big um and i was happy when i wrote this i actually wrote this in my document it's on the front page i have specifically said that i have no commercial interest in the idea i don't want to make money from it um it's just something i i kind of wrote it for my kids if you know what i mean like this is this is what i'm going to kind of bequeath to you um having said that it is going to take i i I am struggling to think how we're going to take an idea that today nobody actually challenged me on oh actually this is a really silly idea most people tell me this is really clever This, this could actually work how to take this to to some sort of fruition to some sort of implementation um without saying too much i have i'll tell you my experience in the uk i have shared the idea with 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 organizations who you would think would be interested in this because they sort of come from the environmental movement and the response has been virtually zero right um i'm going to be a little bit cynical here i think they're still addicted to the protesting um and I don't think they even look at something like this. The second you put the word market in a document like this, people in sort of the 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 green movement say "Oh, he's a capitalist trying to sell this. I'm not a capitalist. I I don't come from that brand of thought. I consider myself a kind of center left person uh, mainly. Um, I have tried to share it with people in government Um, In the United Kingdom, with very little success. The only success I'm uh, looks I'm having. There's some irony in this, um, with the coming date of thirty first December, twenty twenty, is actually within the European Union itself. Um, And I've I've had very early discussions with people who can influence this, because of course this can't work at an individual country basis. In an ideal world, that's the really interesting
0: thing, right? Because the the one of the challenges I think is that. As a globe, we know that certain countries are consuming too much, and everybody needs them to consume less, right?
2: But but there are certain countries who need to consume more, right? We we can't expect countries in the developing world to cut down on their carbs. We should expect them increasing their carbs, right? Yeah it's also have to make a bigger shift, right? There's, there's, there's a fine balance over there, but it's not like everybody's going to reduce their carbon emissions by 4% a year. You can't tell that people living on, on subsistence, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa to do that. It's just crazy. And it's also unworkable for for, for obvious reasons. Um, I imagine, and I'm going to pick on you, Oliver, really. I, I imagine that uh, a pilot in a beautiful island to the southeast corner of the globe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 possible that uh, that that kind of country might <laughs> might yeah, be yeah. interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the interesting thing is, like, I think about, I think about the growing awareness, and I think you're right that uh, that people are becoming more and more aware of the issues around us and drawing the dotted line to the climate and to our activities. And and I think you're right that the the younger generations and like if you think of your two little kids Jonathan by the time they get to Eddie's kids ages someone like Greta Thunberg would just be one of many people who they've thought about listened to and talked about right they'll be very engaged um but the, the the thing is how do we how do we get that to a largely baby boomer and older um, dominated government structure across the world, right? Like, how do we how do we get people to come together and implement something like this that could really work and could spin off scoreboards and people talking to each other about their carbs and competitions in terms of you know communities coming together to be the lowest carb using um, part of you know London or whatever.
1: Yeah, and and companies as well, like businesses, adding that extra edge. Uh, uh, um, ahead of your competitors. Like uh, I know that some companies uh, such as Apple are trying to, to use all recycled materials and become carbon neutral. Um, and, and you know others like Microsoft are having servers run by renewable energies as well. So that, that's really interesting is that it will shape the way businesses offer their services and products in a more um, environmentally friendly way. And and you know, and it gives consumers an incentive to, to actually lean towards that. If I'm mm. if I'm choosing an electric um, supplier rather than just going from the standard or whatever's uh, cheaper, I can say, oh, well, actually, the benefit is I'm saving this amount of carbs. So I can say, all right, I want a renewable energy
0: source, uh, a
1: company that that's supplying me with my energy.
0: Mm. So yeah. And, and what's really important is that you would then have the choice and the information, right? Exactly
1: it's like you're not you're not um sounds like you're not not forcing people to actually change the way that they that they um you know consume things it's 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 more of a you still have a choice you can still go and get the unenvironmentally friendly option you can still buy your your um gas guzzling car you can still buy you know whatever it is you 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 really want it's just that now you know that all right, the consequences and it's really quite in the front of your mind that this is going to affect future generations. This is this is actually going to affect the the environment. The, what what you know?
2: If you if you draw parallel, uh, if you draw parallel to uh, calorie labeling, right? And um, mm. and the, the jury is probably still out on how much that's worked. Um, in in a way, labeling the carbs content on products and services is going to bring around at least some awareness, right? Um, When you go and buy a really fatty um, sugary packet of biscuits, the red label, there's a little bit of guilt over there, but um, you can basically just buy it and consume it, right? The difference with this is when you see that label there, you're actually going to spend some currency, not pounds, carbs, um, to have to buy that, right? And you know that you have a limited amount of carbs you can use so you have an option you can walk away from the product and say i'm gonna buy so many biscuits anymore i was gonna see more movies with my girlfriend because we really enjoy doing that i don't get so much pleasure from eating biscuits all the time okay and i on the presumption that that that's going to consume less carbs um or else i'm gonna have to buy better biscuits or less biscuits but I think once you, put, once you put the value of carbs on a product or service, the consciousness is the first thing, right? That, yeah. why should I choose this before that? Because we never really make that decision, right? We make most of our consumption decisions on the spur of the moment, if you think about it. At least I do. I'll take the, I'll take the bullet for that, right? We buy a lot of impulse, right? We live in a world where you click a mouse and get something delivered to your door the next 14 hours.
0: Or if you're um, hungry, you can get it in the next 20 minutes, right? Via pizza. Yeah, yeah Exactly. I- Exactly. I agree because if you
1: if you front load so back to your calorie anal- analogy, if you had to do the gym work to work off those calories before you brought the product, yeah, I, I don't think everybody would be going out buying biscuits and burgers, right? Yeah, yeah. So
2: <laughs> Cal- calories is a bad way of labeling um, it. It would be probably better to say twenty-seven point six minutes on a treadmill, kind no, of. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I probably have from a marketing communication perspective that would be, that would be that would probably be more effective um and if we talked about implementation right so how do you go from how would you how do you even start doing this right and i did a lot of thinking around this because i want i want the practicable to live with the theoretical and i thought you do it in five big stages right so i thought the first stage you do is what i call transport and traveling so this would apply in phase one every time you filled up your car or you bought plane tickets right yeah. which is actually quite a large part of carbon emissions of the individual consumer it's, it's a big amount of your carbon footprint um and that's the, why would you do that first to be fair because it's actually really easy to monitor you can't buy fuel you can't book airline tickets without somebody else knowing right it's really easy to control um the second stage is probably the second it's probably it's maybe the first uh most responsible for carbon footprint is domestic energy so um, the energy bills you receive at home, right, for mm. electricity and gas, and how yeah. you'd expend carbs on that, because those two are those two are quite controllable, right? Because you're either buying fuel from a fuel station or buying tickets from an airline, or buying your energy from a handful of energy companies in the UK. The and that's third an one is
0: one because we're hmm? looking at double glazed windows at the moment, right? And and I know there's a cost, but I also know there's a cost, and and I think about that. But maybe that's because of the way I was raised. Do you know what i mean I I'd, I'd yeah. love other people to see that and to see why single glazing um, is costing more in carbs and energy and in heating than double glazing so yeah, i yeah. can see I can see home energy use being a big one
2: the The third one would be food and drink, okay the one that nobody thinks is going to be affected, but it has to be affected um food food is a big big contribution of that it's probably the third okay then i have the fourth category which is is really large it's called all other products right so everything else you can think that you buy right things stuff and finally it's all other services so literally the end state is that even a haircut will involve a carbs decision okay and it's probably going to it's probably going to be really really minor right but when the when the person giving you the, the hair, hair dryer, haircut, goes to buy his hair dryers, he's not just going to take into account the cost and the quality of the hair dryer, but also the amount of energy it consumes. So that when people go into his store or into his parlor to get a haircut, he can say, actually, um, it's £12 a haircut, but I'm actually much cheaper in car terms than the guys down the road.
0: Can I ask a question? There's uh, something that uh, that a friend asked me when I was talking about this this episode. Um, they said they'd heard that the idea of individual carbon footprint measurement um, had been originally supported by big oil um, because it may lead to a focus of blame on the individual rather than a coming together and collective action to improve the way that we live. Um, is this system a way around? Um, the idea of saying it's my fault, I've wrecked the world. There's no tuna. I might as well just keep eating tuna. Do you know what I mean? Uh,
2: yeah, I think I think it's a responsibility. With responsibility comes power, right? Once once the power is down to consumer level, we've taken away the power from the big corporates, right? The oil majors and and the ones. It's easy to say, oh, the oil majors are responsible for low carbon emissions, but they're not really the only reason they're taking oil out of the ground is to satisfy our our demand. Now, they do a lot of other horrible things, right? Like do damage to indigenous populations in these areas. That's all like terrible stuff, right? But taking that apart, the only reason they take oil from the ground is to sell it to us or to sell it to companies making stuff, right? So it's really easy for 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 individuals and people in the environmental movement turn around and say oh let's just go and hate the oil majors because like that's the easy thing to do but the only reason these guys are producing it's taking this thing off the ground is for us right hmm. if we want to consume less of it because we're more aware of the real uh, environmental cost of doing this they're gonna have to adapt right Yep, I that. remember a marketing lecturer
0: saying um talking about the power of um of marketing and the power of um of consumer choice and he said to the to the class if you want to see less of it, buy less of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it, it's this. This is the bone of contention I have with the environmental movements, right? Like, it's really easy to sit back and say, "Oh, let's go and." I mean, it's important that they do it because you need the consciousness. Without that, we would never be at the point we are today, right? I'm going to give them full credit for doing this, and, okay? But it's all ultimately all this production and pollution happens because we're produce We are um, demanding consuming. that stuff, right? Yeah, um, it's the same so, idea
0: as the ivory trade, right?
2: Precise, precisely. I mean, they could not picked on a better example, right? Like, do we have to have piano keys made out of of ivory? Like, why? It doesn't make a better sound, does it?
0: And there was a stunned silence. Are you still here, yeah. Jonathan? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here as well. I was like, wow, that's a, that, that's a <laughs> <laughs> that's profound. Yeah, that was profound. I was like, oh, yeah, because uh, I'm I'm. I'm relatively young, so I don't even remember anything to do with the ivory trade other than it's, it's really bad stuff. But um, but yeah, no, that is quite interesting of how that's actually, uh, I, I imagine pretty much wiped out in the Western world.
0: So, Although, you know, um, was it um, Cecil the Lion gave a, an indication of um, how certain people will still go and do what they want because they oh, like, yeah. the, like the thrill of shooting animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, and, and but I mean, movie. if you if you took that if you took that example, even just getting there, that that American dentist would have incurred some serious carbs to even get there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and at least at least is paying more uh, than they are paying
1: today. Yeah, and uh, I imagine all the components in in his gun as well would would cost
0: a fair amount of carbs. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, what would you say to somebody who's sitting there thinking, "Yeah, I've got an idea. I'm I'm thinking about something, and it's been keeping me awake at night. And I'd like to see something done about it, and I want to share it." What would you suggest to them, Eddie?
2: Simple solution is probably write it down first, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I. The, the thinking grows as you start writing stuff because you have to be self-critical of 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 what you're doing. I mean, the last the the last page in my paper talks about the the big challenges, right? And I can probably mention a couple of the because the, I don't want to be unrealistic, right? How do you factor in new houses to this, for example? Massive, massive problem, right? Because that's that that by definition is going to have a really big high carbs content. So if you build houses, how are you going to factor that in? How are you going to create cater for? Immigrants, right? People coming in and out of a country. How do they factor in? How do you going to cater for legal and illegal immigrants, right? The massive challenges. How do you cater for children, right? How do you monitor this on an IT systems? But these are all technical problems. And to be fair, I don't want to deal with them. I don't think it's my job. I think there are engineers, scientists, IT people who can who can deal with those problems. What you need, what you need to have, is enough enough goodwill at a decision-making level to say um, we know that we don't do anything. We're going to be really stuffed. Is this the thing I'm going to propose and put forward um, to make me look like the hero? I'm not talking about myself, right? There has to be a political actor who wants to take something like this forward. Interestingly, after I wrote this, during the lockdown, I started – because as far as i knew the idea was the idea was original but i never claimed it to be original because i haven't read all the books on, on earth right but i did find a paper about it written about 12 years ago something similar and i actually managed to get that paper and i read it it was 40 odd pages so roughly the size of what i wrote and what was really disappointing because somebody actually thought about this 12 years ago right i wasn't the only person to think about it that the idea was kind of ditched the conclusion was this is going to be too hard to do at the political level so i think we should just drop it and i'm thinking like if if the world continues to be like that right we're just never going to progress i mean we're living in really really weird times i don't need to tell you guys, right we're living in in the age of science and massive it improvements and we tend to be in some ways our political class tends to becoming dumber the more the more Technological solutions, the more IT, the more artificial intelligence we're applying. It seems to dumb down the people who are supposed to lead us and have the power to lead us, right? Um, and I'm I'm hoping that there's going to be enough people, or maybe one person because these things tend to happen with one person who kind of takes initiative to say, look, um, we need to do something about this. We can't tell people to like stop driving your car, stop eating meat from tomorrow because we're all going to die in 11 years. But I do have something that we could probably work with together. And of course, at the end of it, it's not going to look like the way I'm presenting it today. It's going to look very different, but well, that's expected, right? Um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping for my Saint Paul to turn up, if, you, if I could put the biblical analogy, for someone yeah. who can actually go front this, right? And I'm still on that journey. There is still, there are still means I'm going through, but. Um, Sadly, COVID hit in March, and and the, the, the political connections I was trying to put together to present this and say, why don't you guys have a second to a, a good think about this to possibly turn it into policy, that stopped in, in March for, for, for obvious reasons, right? Well, COVID we'll do the really little bit them. we
0: can to help share the yeah, good idea when we I Appreciate it. Yeah, we will. I mean, we'll
1: host it on our, on our website. So the links will be below, uh, in our description, uh, and, and the show summary notes. So, um, feel free to pop on there and have a look. It is, uh, as, as, as you were saying, it's, it's, uh, we're all in it together. So it, yeah. it's, it will be great to get some feedback and, and some, uh, and, and some ideas that we can, we can, we can forward through to Eddie and, and, um, all advance, uh, this, uh, this, this, this wonderful solution. Fantastic! Thank you for
0: being on the show, Eddie. It's uh, cheers, guys. It's really cool to um to start the journey of highlighting people who are thinking about things and wanting things to improve, and are willing to write it down, like you say.
2: Cheers, guys. Good yeah. evening and thanks.
1: That's it. Thank you very much, Eddie, and uh, to our wonderful listeners out there. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in of this uh, episode of Problem Busters with. Um, Edward Fennick uh, and his, um, his paper on his solution to climate change and creating a cleaner world for us all and for the future generations. Uh, his paper titled "Clean New World is available to review on our website at problembusters.fm and if you have any feedback, you can uh, email us at studio at problembusters.fm and we'll be happy to to, uh, to forward that
0: over to Eddie. And if you find a subscribe button, that's probably worth pushing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, subscribe, follow, and uh, share uh, this episode. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So of you can um, fantastic. Thanks, folks,
0: and that's a wrap.